the man of tomorrow is here for what I'm actually going to call. This is kind of a last minute idea. Uh, not, not the show. This is something I've been planning, but calling it, this is, it was somewhat of a last minute idea. What I'm actually going to call a dark Android special. Um, and I'm going to specifically give it the title of dark fire. Um, now what does that mean? <laughs> Well, you might know that uh, there is a line of tablets known as, of course, from Amazon, known as the Fire Tablets or the Kindle Fire, though really they've dropped the Kindle name from it. And if you're new to Sovereign Tech, you might not know about the lineage, uh, no pun intended there, as in like Lineage OS, which we'll talk about here. Um, but you might not be aware of the uh, lineage of the, of dark Android and dark Android is basically a project, um, that I have been really spearheading for some time. It, it even has a, an adjoining book. In fact, there's a new edition of that coming soon. Um, dark Android is the idea of how do you make your mobile device as secure as possible. Now it doesn't just have to be an Android device, but Android is where one could rem it could become remotely possible to secure that device. Now I say remotely. Okay. And I don't want to rehash the whole thing here. Uh, ultimately let's just say it. If you want to actually have a genuinely private and secure communique, you're not going to do it on a smartphone. All right. <laughs> so, so, so I mean, that's just, that's the reality, but certainly you don't want to make it easy on anybody. And there are, you know, viable technologies that one or apps that one can install and, and certain devices one could buy where, you know, you, you can have differing degrees and it all depends on everyone's threshold, um, of some security and privacy in a device. Now I'm calling this a dark Android, uh, a special because it's certainly in that vein, but it also speaks to, I mean, it, look, we're going to talk about a new release new as of 2020, and that is Amazon's fire HD eight plus tablet. Okay. Now, how are you going to make an Amazon tablet secure? Well, again, we're not, we're, we're going to go in that direction. I'm going to explain how that's kind of possible, but it is an Amazon product and the idea of making it private, et cetera, you know, one has to go certain distances to even allow for that. But I want to talk about, I want to review the fire HD eight plus on a broader scale than just, okay, how do we turn it into a dark Android device? I'll talk about that, but the broader scale is important because I think for some people, it can actually force you into getting a taste of sampling more necessary elements, say of dark Android. And so that's why I think it's, it's, it fits, uh, you know, in, in this conversation around making a dark Android device. So to understand Amazon, uh, fire tablets, again, the Kindle has kind of been dropped fire tablets run off of what's called fire OS fire OS is really just a modified Android um, by Amazon itself. So it fits in the Android moniker for, for that alone, but, um, there's other aspects, really more mindset aspects that I think are important with this device. So let's open up, let's start talking about it. So why do I even have one of these things? Well, here, here's, here's the deal. And this is something I've talked about for many years, uh, on sovereign tech is that especially now more so 
in the climate that we find ourselves in. I think it is important. And actually, if you read the Dark Android book or listen back to Dark Android specials that I've done in years past, you'll hear me talk about this of why you want, you want separate, entirely separate devices to separate, shall we say your, uh, whatever your goals are, you know, whatever your workload happens to be, meaning you want a separate device, perhaps. I mean, today, when so many people are working remotely, you want a separate device for that is only for your work. And then you want the device that's for your, uh, personal, you know, uh, maybe your personal consumption habits, whatever those happens to be, or your personal creative habits. Um, or perhaps you need that device that's going to get on tour and you're going to do whatever you, you know, tickles your fancy. Okay. So, you know, having separate devices, the reason that I've always felt that this is really important is because a completely separate device that looks different, everything about it, you know, maybe even the OS is completely different. Everything about it is different. And so it gets you by, you know, just by default, it gets you into a different mindset because if, especially like if one of the devices say is for getting in, you know, doing very private, secure uh, communications or actions, you really do want to, you know, if you're wanting to be anonymous in what you're doing, say you want to have a completely different mindset where you even get to the point. I've brought this up many times where you get to the point where you're not even thinking, say it was me. I'm not even thinking in my head, Brian sovereign. I am literally, you know, assuming another identity that becomes a lot easier when the screen in front of in front of you is presenting something wildly different or at least different enough from what you were doing, you know, say for your nine to five, this is really key. So I've long been a supporter of, you know, having different devices. Um, say you are wanting to go out and engage in some kind of activism. In my opinion, it would behoove you to, if you feel you need a mobile device for some reason, if you need a smartphone or something to have a different device than the one that you nor, you know, that might be, you know, more identified to you as in a phone number registered to your name. Um, and you know, and, and that has GPS data of where you've been, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, because we know that GPS data is being used to indict people. All right. I mean, we're, we're well aware of this. So very quickly, especially now you can see the importance of having separate devices. I mean, you know, there's, there's even, we could get into a, you know, speaking of different mindsets, um, I often bring up on sovereign tech, the, the importance of having what I call the galactic mindset, where you keep things in perspective in comparison to the very nature of the universe, you know, and, and the scale of that as well. Um, I think that it's important that, well, let's just say it. You are someone who listens to this show, who listens to sovereign tech that puts you in a, a very, uh, very rare number of people. You are, you are cut from a different cloth. And I don't say that to, you know, somehow pat myself on the back or say that I'm some kind of great person. I'm saying you are that great person because you are willing to engage the normal that we live in. Okay. And I don't care. New normal, old normal, the normal sucks and it sucked forever. And it sucks now. 
but you are engaging this normal with an uncommon intelligence, an uncommon sense, and dare I say with uncommon goals, peaceful and beautiful ones at that. You are different. You are weird. And I say weird with, you know, as, as an absolute compliment. So there's nothing wrong with you using things that are far different than what everybody else does, or even using common things in ways that are far different than anybody else does. And for you to do so with a sense of personal pride that you are different, that when the world you live in is so fucked up that you don't play ball the way the rest of the world plays ball, that that being a nonconformist and being a nonconformist in a really sick world in a really messed up world is a thing to be celebrated, even though you're going to get sneered at. And that takes courage to stay that way, to stay weird. But I think one of the really, you know, and, and, and it's important because, you know, you're getting so many messages right now. And this actually will speak to, you know, part of why <laughs> I don't think it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's just an Amazon tablet. Where the, what the fuck is this? You know, where are we going with this? It does actually speak to it right now. It is very tough to not get caught up in all the bullshit going on and ultimately to find yourself on a side. You know, it's not like there's just one majority. There's actually multiple majorities. And, you know, to quote Mark Twain, when you find yourself on the side of the majority, and again, there's multiple majorities here, but when you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. Well, a great way to keep yourself from ending up on the side of the majority is to do things, even small things that unconsciously continue to remind you that you are not like them. It's not us versus them, but you are not like them. And so that's okay. I mean, something I was actually thinking about is, uh, how now I I've, you know, I take fitness very seriously. Um, go to the gym often work out, you know, almost every day. I, I mean, yeah, you know, well, you've listened. I mean, the, the latest episode of Sovereign Tech that you've heard was me and Ellen talking for three and a half hours, you know, about fit, uh, you know, our fitness regime and so on. Now, something I have no pun intended flip-flopped on, you know, here and there and, and tested out uh, different things with is, uh, is actually my shoes, you know, my shoes that I wear for workouts. Um, I've had times where I have used, uh, you know, things that, that equate to, uh, what look like, uh, you know, giant yachts on my feet. Uh, no, I, I've never used those, but close. Um, I've used, you know, straight old, you know, old fashioned Converse Chuck Taylors, um, which is actually more or less what I use right now. They're Ronnie Coleman shoes. Um, and I've used five fingers and a part of me was thinking recently that, you know, just the, the act of wearing five fingers. And it's not about that. Anybody's going to think you look weird. I mean, they do think that I've heard it plenty of times because I've worn five fingers, not just in the gym, but you know, just as my standard shoe uh, for many, many years, but wearing five fingers, I mean, just something like that really like you feel different 
and you know that it feels different than how the rest of the world engages. And you see, you know, perhaps even just with that, like that barefoot minimalist soul, right? You feel how, wow, you know, this civilization as it's set up right now does not respect, uh, you know, my humanity as in my physicality, you know, my human body. So doing little things like this, and it can go into the tech world where you use apps that not everybody else uses. Okay. You know, you use devices in ways that nobody else or for purposes that nobody else does, you know, and so on. Um, these are very good. These are good things to do to, you know, to set yourself apart and not just to set yourself apart as if that in itself is an inherent good. I mean, it can be, like I said, when you live in a sick civilization, but to set yourself apart, to remind you and to keep you even consciously and unconsciously from falling into the majority. It's really important to do that. Um, I got a lot of questions actually in the last, from the last episode, uh, the supplement, the supplements supplemental <laughs> that Ellen and I did. I got a lot of questions, uh, in the email, uh, where people are asking me, it's like, wait a minute. Cause I think Ellen had said, you know, we're, we're beyond signal. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, we, we don't, we don't use the signal app. Um, and a lot of people are asking, well, wait a minute, what the fuck do you use? You know, then what is this beyond thing? And partly as we go through this, I bring that up because I will, I will answer that question in this episode, but this is also going to be, even if you have no intention of getting a fire tablet, this is going to cover apps, alternative apps that aren't in the Google play store that you may want to consider considering that the Google play store, we noticed this weekend, of course it's been reinstated, but the Google play store had removed, um, element.io, which was one of my recommendations in a previous supplemental episode. That was 01, 2021, that supplemental episode, um, where I recommended, well, that's one of the options, you know, along with telegram and Briar and so on. Um, so because, you know, the Google Play Store is, well, I mean, that's not new for Sovereign Tech. We've said many times, look, it's a rootkit, uh, you know, at, at best, at worst, um, you know, it, it's just a way of forcing people into funnels that they then those want you to be in. Okay. Funnels as in apps and ways of communication and shopping and whatever else, just basically engaging the world. Uh, you know, they really can funnel you because it, it, it forces your options. So, but there's ways, you know, around that, uh, and, and we, we will speak to those things. Now, like I said, element.io had been reinstated. Um, the story behind that, of course, I mean, I guess what we can just touch on that quickly. The story behind that was that Google claimed that, uh, which element.io is just an app that is, that allows you to access the matrix communication protocol. Okay. It's not the matrix protocol. So with element.io going, you know, getting taken out of the play store, that didn't affect the, you know, all the chat rooms, video chats, voice chats, and everything else that the matrix protocol or, you know, the matrix allows for. Okay. Which is great to have that separation, right? Where, you know, the app isn't, uh, isn't the protocol itself or the app isn't the actual like service itself. It's just a portal to it. Um, brilliant move on, on, you know, on matrixes, uh, part, but anyway, there was a report of severely, supposedly severely abusive content, um, on, you know, I'm guessing in the matrix chat room or whatever that we didn't get a whole ton of details on that. 
matrix came out and said, well, we already handled the problem. You know, like we already took care of it internally and we were, and I mentioned this on the, the supplemental episode where we were talking about, you know, browser and messenger uh, alternatives. You know, I had said in that, that, well, I, I do know that that matrix is taking down channels on matrix.org. Now they're not, they, they were never really taking down because here, look, matrix is a completely open source protocol and service. You can set up your own matrix instance. Um, you know, without, without matrix, the company say, you know, whatever that company is called itself, um, without them having any control over you. But if you're, if your chat rooms are on matrix.org, you know, if they're, if they're on matrix's own servers, then yes, they can shut you down. All right. And so they had done that. However you feel about that, whatever the content was, again, I don't know that we're entirely sure, but if you like the fact the matrix can shut that down. Um, or that, you know, you could technically lose access to element.io through the play store. Well, there's solutions around that. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, those, those all come up to tolerances and thresholds. Do I think that element.io is ultimately going to get taken down? Uh, yeah, because I think that this, this little game of online brinksmanship going on between you know, all the different messaging apps and everything else. I mean, now basically every company, you know, has, especially with the tech giants has uh, uh impetus and excuse to shut down the competition and Google and Apple really control the competition in, in a very real duopoly. So, you know, Google can, could technically say they, I mean, they, they could basically block everything. You know, now, of course, right now, thankfully, people seem to be wisening up to the fact that they are so, you know, that, that Google or Apple does have them by the balls and they need to find alternatives or they need to find alternative options. Well, that speaks to part of the reason may, why you may want to look at a Fire tablet as well. However, let's not kid ourselves here that Amazon is just as bad and will happily uh, you know, shut down anybody they want, you know, and also the Amazon app store, which the fire tablet runs off of has very limited options. That said, there are still alternatives to that. And they're also available on fire tablets. So that's the situation now to, or, uh, you know, one of the more modern situations, uh, or yeah, situations that have come up. But now let me get to why did I want one of these? Why do I have my hands on a fucking fire HD, uh, you know, a fire tablet? Well, here we go. So part of, I mean, one of the biggest reasons is that I run a tech show and right now everybody's looking for options and answers. Okay. And I, while I have an Android device, I have an iOS device. Um, you know, I have, uh, laptops running Linux. I have a laptop running OpenBSD. I have, um, you know, I have, I have a raspberry Pi four in front of me that actually looks beautiful. Uh, I have, you know, I mean, I, you know, I have a windows machine. I like to keep an eye on, you know, all of the different operating systems and devices and, you know, what those categories and what those markets look like. So it's, I mean, and coming from a journalistic perspective, but certainly there's more to it than that. And let's talk a little bit about the Android space, something that has been a complete failure 
And it didn't have to be because it was actually a great space for a little while. But what has been a really complete failure in the Android ecosystem, you know, our tablets, um, there used to be great tablets that were made. Uh, I mean, awesome tablets. Sony made some awesome tablets that were waterproof and everything else. I mean, they're really, really badass. Uh, a few years ago, of course, Google uh, made some amazing tablets, particularly, you know, what has basically been the dark Android standard forever. That being um, the Nexus uh, Nexus 7, the 2013 Wi-Fi model. Uh, in fact, this this was such a thing. Even the Tor project recommended if you wanted a secure mobile device, you use the Nexus 7 2013 with Wi-Fi. Now, you know that the Nexus 7 is very long in the tooth. Um, we're, and then this will be key. We'll talk about this a little bit more. And not uninterestingly, uh, <laughs> and somebody made a build, and if I think it was an official build at that, of Lineage OS. 17.1, which is basically a more, uh, a little more open sourced and capable, uh, you know, alternative, but slash version of Android. It's basically Android 10, but they made a version for the Nexus 2013. I couldn't believe that this was just a few weeks ago. Um, just when I thought that, I mean, because it had been skipped, I want to say since like version 14 or even 13, uh, of lineage OS that, that they stopped putting out, uh, an official build for, for, uh, for, you know, the Nexus 2013 or the Nexus seven 2013, but it's back baby. So certainly that's an option to go with, but they are getting a little more expensive just because they are getting a little bit, uh, rarer and also just ultimately hard to find regardless of what their cost is. Now, not uninterestingly, there's, there's we'll talk about kind of how I got my hands on this, this, this fire tablet, uh, in a second because the Nexus seven is relative to this. So anyway, what I wanted, okay, this is, a, this comes down to ultimately why I wanted this is I wanted that separation of devices and look, I, I have an iPod touch. Um, I don't really want an iPad a because they're ridiculously expensive. Okay. And I'm just not in Apple's ecosystem. Um, so it doesn't really interest me and it's, and iPads are a little too locked down for my taste. And you're saying, yeah, but still you're talking about an Amazon device. Well, you know, that's gotta be locked down. Options, options. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know what it really came down to? I wanted something where I could read comic books and I didn't want it to be a laptop. I just wanted something that I could kick back, turn on quickly, had really great battery life and that I could read comic books on. Um, also, you know, it, it was mainly a consumption device. Okay. Uh, of content that, that I really wanted and a smartphone or even a smartphone without a SIM card in it. None of them were really like had a screen big enough that, 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 you know, met my needs. So I wanted a tablet. Here's, here's the rub is that it's, you know, Android tablets, if you can even find them, I think Samsung might still make them, you know, or you could get your hands on a Chromebook, but they're all, and there's really no good reason for this. They're all in the plus $200 range. Um, or if they're in the sub $200 range, generally they are not getting software updates and security matters, even for a device that is ultimately about something as simple as say consumption of content. Uh, but again, for me, it's more than that, uh, because it's also, it gives me, it affords me the opportunity to, you know, test out what, 
Amazon is ultimately up to in what they're doing with, with fire OS. Okay. So anyway, um, this led me to thinking it's like, and, and I was thinking about it one day. It's like, oh man, yeah, I just want something where I could read these things and, and, and so on. Uh, and, and maybe even, you know, read a lot of, because look, I, I spend a lot of time, uh, getting like collecting rare books and getting them digitally scanned, or as I like to say, digitally preserved. Um, and look, people can get their hands on, on rare copies of these books as well, and they can keep the paper copies and fucking great. Okay. But I want to make sure that there's a digital copy of them available and that can be freely distributed on the internet or whatever, you know, system we use to freely distribute. So, you know, a lot of those books here, because I have a Kindle Oasis. Um, I've been a big fan of Kindle e-readers for about as long as they've existed because otherwise, you know, I'm used to say when I've moved or when I, you know, traveling, whatever that I would, you know, I, hell I could carry a suitcase, you know, full of books if I wanted to, I mean, or, you know, I'd be taking boxes and boxes and boxes of books along with me and all this. And it was just an absolute pain in the ass. So, you know, having eBooks is a great and wonderful thing. Um, the problem is, is that the, the Kindle e-reader, I mean, some books that I like to get my hands on, like even like art books and everything. I mean, they, you know, it only does black and white for now. There are, I think, what is it? Is it books? B O O X that company has an e-reader out now that actually does color e-ink instead of it just being black and white. Um, so I kind of also wanted a device that could read these PDFs, you know, handily, and I could store a bunch of them on there and, and really, you know, and, and make it, um, you know, make reading these books a little more viable than, I mean, because also you have the problem where, uh, even the Kindle Oasis, the high-end model is still, you know, it only has a one gigahertz processor in there, not a lot of Ram. It's not something that can handle PDFs very well. So basically, you know, you want some kind of tablet. Now you could get into some of these, like, uh, these other e-readers from these other companies, but even they will run into the 300 to $500 range. Again, I am wanting, I just, you know, this device doesn't have to do much, so I don't want it to cost a lot. Okay. So I, you know, I'm just, not, I'm not interested in that. And really there should be Android tablets that, you know, are incredibly inexpensive, but fall under, shall we say like maybe the Android one uh, program or something where they get a lot of updates, but it's just, it's not to be. The other problem was even with the Nexus seven, one of the biggest pains in the ass was that it only had, now I, I say this keep this in, you know, keep this relative and in perspective. It only had 32 gig on board. Okay. 32 gigabytes of onboard storage and it had no micro SD card. That's a problem, right? To me for what I want to use this for, right. To hold, you know, lots of comic books and all this other stuff, which that can, especially with the PDFs, I mean, that can add up fast. Um, and you know, you're basically, you're screwed. You can't store everything on it at once. I mean, yeah, you can leave stuff on and, you know, and delete, but if you don't have to, why? I mean, I, I, there's a security argument around not having an, you know, an SD card. Um, but even iPad finally gave up the ghost as it were and said, okay, you can now on iPad pros, you know, you can, uh, you can connect external hard drives because they knew people needed this and wanted this. So it's just, it's just an odd thing. 
that, you know, that this expandable storage hasn't so much been a thing on, you know, on Android tablets. Now, so, you know, I got to thinking in wanting a device like this, I got to thinking of, well, wait a minute, Amazon has these stupid $50, you know, uh, uh, little fire tablets, you know, like a seven inch one that that'd be fine. Like that, that'd be great. And so I looked into it because, Hey, 50 bucks, I looked into it and I saw that it had a micro SD card and I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that'll be perfect. That will do the job. Um, but then I looked into, okay, what are their other models? And part of the reason I looked into what are their other models? And this is important to bring up is that, um, I always, you know, I like, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not like the, the, the tech junkie that I used to be, but just on the matter of getting software updates, uh, you know, and, and having even the best hardware within it, right? Like I liked, I think it's important if you're going to have a Bluetooth, uh, uh, enabled device, it should have Bluetooth 5.0 because we know about the security concerns with any Bluetooth generations before then. So you, you want the latest and greatest, even just for security reasons. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, when was, when did the, you know, when was the fire seven? When did that come out? When did this $50 tablet come out? Well, the latest version came out in 2019. And I was like, ah, that's at this stage. That's about two years old. That's, that's got me worried a little bit. So I saw, I, you know, I went to find which one is the, you know, what's the newest, what's the latest. And that ended up being the fire HD eight plus, which costs about double of the fire uh, seven, but you definitely get a lot more hardware with that. Okay. And so now I'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll talk about the pricing, but to, to understand, let's talk about the tech specs here quick for the fire HD eight plus. So it is an eight inch HD screen. Now when it says it's HD, that means it's not full HD. It's just HD. So you're only getting 720p here. It's a 1280 by 800. It's not a 1080p. There is the fire HD 10, which is the next model up. That is 1080p on a 10 inch screen, but that is also from 2019. Um, so for me, that was a no-go also is 150 bucks and that's reaching like an upper limit of what I was not interested in spending for, you know, this device that is more or less about consumption. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, when traveling, it's, it's a better device to have that might not have any, might not have any identifying information about me on it and so on, you know, and, and I feel a little, a little more comfortable connecting it to Wi-Fi, perhaps, you know, at whatever location I happen to be. Um, but again, the fire HD 10 was from, was from 2019. So I was like, ah, well, there's probably going to be, you know, a new version that'll come out this year, you know, maybe in the fall or something. And I don't want to wait that long for that to come out, but I also don't want to be, you know, caught in the middle on this. And so the fire HD eight plus, you know, was, was the best bet here. So anyway, continuing on with this, um, it has 30, the, the HD eight plus has either 32 gig or 64 gigs um, of onboard storage. Now, 64 gigs, you know, is pretty good. That's great. Uh, but it has a micro SD card. Interestingly, as the latest fire tablet, it allows for one terabyte of, uh, it allows for a one terabyte micro SD card, which is higher than any of the other models. The other ones, I mean, not that they're bad. They do 512, you know? Um, 
And to speak to price, so the HD8 Plus costs $110 stock. That means with special offers, right, where they take off 15 bucks if you allow them to, to push you ads, uh, I'd rather pay the 15 extra dollars. Even if I was going to put Lineage OS on this thing and it wouldn't matter, uh, you know, and I delete Fire OS entirely, I'd still, you know, just like to send the signal like, no, I don't want your fucking ads. Um, but you could get away with, if you're just going to put lineage OS on this thing, if you decide to get one after my review, um, you know, you can save yourself 15 bucks by, you know, by, by getting the one with ads. Uh, but anyway, but you, you know, I would, here's where I would save money certainly is that there's no real reason to get a 64 gig version of this. You're not going to put that many apps on here. Okay. 32 gig is going to take you plenty far and fine considering what you're going to be using. And you'll see what I mean as we talk about it. Um, I, you're better off taking the, whatever 20 bucks that you save by not getting the 64 gig version using that to buy, I don't know, a 256 gig or whatever size you want to get a uh, micro SD card instead it, that that's a much better price to go for, or a much better place to put that money than getting a 64 gig model. That just doesn't make sense. Um, so it has a quad core, uh, 2.0 or, you know, two gigahertz processor in it. Um, it has the highest Ram. The HDA plus has the highest Ram of any of them. Three gigabytes. That's really key because the fire seven only has one gigabyte. Now for what I want to use it for the one gigabyte might've done me fine, but you know, for everything else that you get with the HDA plus, I think it made it worthwhile to go with that. Um, you get 12 hours of battery life as compared to on the fire seven, you only get seven hours of battery life. That's fantastic. And it really does get that by the way, I've put it through the paces. I mean, you can leave this thing on the screen on and it barely drains the battery. It does a hell of a job. Here's, here's another really key thing. And this is something I know. I know I have some other listeners who are really into this. Um, USB C is a Satan send. I mean, it is just, it is one of the most wonderful things <laughs> to, to, to come down the pike in the tech world, uh, in a very, very long time, really since USB one, I think, uh, because, you know, the fact that you can do so much with USB C and that I can carry around basically one charger that will charge, uh, my smartphone, my HD eight plus tablet, you know, my, my, my fire, my fire eight ta uh, tablet here, uh, that can also, you know, charge my switch that might even be able to charge my laptop. I mean, you gotta be careful with voltages, but that's fucking awesome. That it's all like, I could basically carry around, you know, one charger more or less, uh, to do this job. And I mean, I, I love that to death. So kudos in my opinion to Amazon, and I don't like to give them credit for anything, but kudos to them for having USB-C on this, which is ahead of the game of many other uh, companies in this game, in the tablet game for having USB-C and for having a micro SD card slot. Those are two things that speak pretty well of them. Um, it does have dual speakers and those speakers, I have to say they're down firing. They're pretty good or they can be forward firing. I mean, it's, it's up to you how, how you're holding the tablet. Um, but those speakers are pretty damn good. I've already, like I, I watched, uh, or at least parts of Star Trek three, um, as well as like Carl Sagan's cosmos, James Burke's uh, day, the universe changed. Um, and, and I, I, I was very pleased with the speakers on it. It does have a headphone jack as well, which you're not always guaranteed that with devices today. You know, I mean, really the only thing it's missing is fuck. If it had a removable battery, it'd be brilliant, <laughs> but you know, I don't expect that with anything anymore, unfortunately, but these are the right moves and it has no biometrics whatsoever. 
nice touch, no biometrics whatsoever. Uh, another feature is the always on Alexa. Of course, I call that a bug, not a feature, but to once again, to Amazon's credit, when you are setting up the device, it does not turn Alexa on by default. And it gives you very clear options to when you're first setting it up, do you want this on or do you want it off? And you can turn it off and they don't hide the off button. Um, yes, they want you to turn it on and yes, may Amazon, you know, have access to that microphone whenever they want, regardless of whether or not you want Alexa on probably, but at least in the, you know, uh, uh conventional sense, it is not a default and you are given the clear option to turn it or to leave it off. And I, th I give them bonus points for that, or at least I give the fire tablet bonus points for that. Um, as far as construction, let's talk a little bit about construction here uh, on this device. It's plastic. As Johnny eyes would say, it's unapologetically plastic. It's very lightweight. How tough is it? It's not waterproof. No, it's not, you know, IPA or what is it? IPX 68. Uh, it's, you know, it's nothing, nothing like that, but, um, you know, it feels fairly solid. Uh, it's not a slippery device by any means. I'm holding it right now. Uh, if you don't have bigger hands, it could be difficult to, you know, you're not, you may not be able to hold it with one hand, but unlike a lot of other devices, um, I like that it has some bulk to it. And even though it's not heavy, but it has bulk compared to like, say an iPad. Uh, and it's very grippable in my opinion, compared to many iPads, not all, but many, um, even the, even the Nexus seven was a little slippery in my opinion. No, this, this is not a problem though. You can get plenty of cases, uh, for, for these that, that will resolve, um, that issue. I particularly like some of the cases from Moco M O K O. Uh, anyway, and of course, Amazon has their, you know, their stock cases as well. Not that I've tried those but they look pretty good. So the build quality, I like, I like that. It's not, I don't want it to feel expensive because this is, again, this is a simple for me. This is like separating. This is me getting away from fucking everything, slack, all of it, whatever. And I am just going to, you know, kick back and, you know, read a book or a comic book, uh, maybe even put on a video or something like that, though. YouTube might be a challenge. We'll talk about that. Uh, and it, it, it handles that with a plum and it really does. And if something happens to it or fuck, you know what, even if I were say taking it, um, across borders for, you know, some travel or something along those lines, you know, if I lost it, no big deal, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a hundred dollars, not even a hundred dollars down the tank, you know? And, and so it's not like a smartphone that might cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars, um, and also it's a very purpose, you know, it's a purposeful machine in that it's not something that I am going to store a ton of, you know, really personal or important data upon. Not to say that you can't, but we'll get into that. Now let's talk a little bit about as, as we, you know, we kind of move on with this actually, you know, before I get into, I want to talk about fire OS, but I guess I, you know, I've made you listen this far. Does it do the job of what I want it to do? And can it do actually a lot more than what I perhaps expect or even really, you know, uh, initially got my hands on it for? Yes, um, it actually does what I want it to do incredibly well. Uh, I mean, really, like this is, a, I'm just going to say, it, I like this machine. I'm not going to say I love it, but then I didn't want a machine to love, right? Um, 
I really, really like this thing. And I think that it serves a certain niche, a certain niche, as it were, uh, that no other company is really serving right now. You know, and, and certainly I know, I mean, it's almost insidious on Amazon's part because like, you know, as to where, and I've brought this up before as to where, you know, Apple, uh, likes and Microsoft these days too, like they like to appeal to the, uh, I don't want to, maybe the wealthy is not the best term though. Certainly they do that, but the more affluent, uh, they like to appeal to that crowd. Uh, Amazon, I think very much knows what they're doing and they're trying to lock in the non affluent. Now. I am not locked into Amazon with this device and I'll explain why uh, as we keep going on with this, but I recognize what they're doing here, but I am also at the same time, I'm really glad that it exists uh, because Google is not, you know, most nobody that really deals in Android is serving the tablet space like they should. And of course, Google is moving into Chromebooks uh, even more so, but then Chromebooks are also moving into a kind of a different category and they're not, it's to me, Chromebooks from a hardware perspective are becoming less appealing, even though from a software perspective, there's certainly a dynamo, uh, or Chrome OS is a dynamo of a product, but that's another conversation entirely. So this is your potentially sub $100 category and that, oh, I wanted to get into that. Okay. Is that is how did I get my hands on this? So like I said, I was looking into it, trying to find a tablet of this ilk and Here's the funny thing. So this would have cost me, um, to get it the way that I wanted 32 gig with no special ads. This would have cost about $125. I paid nowhere near. Um, I had some, you know, some Amazon credit donated and everything else. So, I mean, there, there certainly, there was that, uh, and I'm honored. Thank you. Uh, Sovereign tech listeners. But beyond that, um, so when I went to, you know, look into, into getting it, it said, would you like to trade in? And I'm like, well, what is it going to ask me to trade in my Kindle Oasis or something? And I clicked on the trade in button, you know, which is just below the buy button. And it said, Hey, you bought a, you know, Nexus 7 2013 from Amazon. You can send that in and you can also get a 20% discount. And then the value of the tablet. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I bought, I bought this damn thing years ago. <laughs> you know, like what? And, and I mean, I haven't turned on, uh, my Nexus seven in forever. And I mean, years, multiple years, it has been a long time since I had messed with that device. It was doing nothing. And I was like, well, what are they going to give me for it? And, and it said like tops five bucks. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> but, but the 20% coupon was actually pretty great. You know? So I basically shaved off almost $40 on this thing all told. And, you know, like it saved me from just tossing the, the Nexus seven into a dumpster or it just sitting around doing nothing for the next few years. So that's actually a pretty good deal if you can do it, you know, and, and it kind of forced my hand on it. And I don't care if I get the five bucks, the 20% coupon alone was very, in my opinion, worth the value of whatever value than that, that Nexus seven still had. So, you know, that's a pretty good deal on Amazon to, to get your hands on this, because then it really is a sub $100 device um, that, that is quite capable, but let's talk about that capability. Okay. And the capability comes down to fire OS. Um, now that's not all that it comes down to. You can fairly easily put lineage OS on 
I know you can do it on the fire eight. I didn't find a specific guide to the fire, uh, to the fire eight HD plus, but I'm sure that that's out there. If not, it will be, uh, shortly. So to talk about fire OS fire OS right now is up to uh, version 7.3.1.7. And in fact, the jump from 0.5 to 0.7 was particularly interesting. And I will explain why. So to talk about fire OS, it more or less looks like Android and it is Android with, you know, a, a, um, a launcher, you know, skinned over it by Amazon. Now, before version, uh, 0.7, 7.3.1.7, this launcher was a goddamn clusterfuck. It was so bad, uh, <laughs> because at the top it had, you know, if you swipe to the left, it gives you kind of like a Google now screen or like sort of like the screen that like the widget screen that iOS devices give you. It basically does that, which that's, that's fine. The problem was swiping to the right and to the right, it had like all these different tabs or what are basically like tabs on the launcher screen. Like it would have books, it would have games and apps. It would have uh, audiobooks, It would have movies. It would have, and it was just a confusing mess. And it looked like shit because all these words like, you know, games, apps, audiobooks, were just jumping on top of each other at the top of the screen, just below the search bar with version 0.7. That is now gone. And they basically just, just all lowered it down to where it's the, the for you screen to the left, the home screen in the center, and then library, which just encapsulates everything to the right, much cleaner. Uh, I mean, that was a brilliant move on Amazon's part because who the hell would scroll through all that? Uh, that was just a fucking mess. It was so bad. Um, anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about I mean, that, so basically it looks like Android right down to the search bar. I'll talk about that search bar in a second, but I want to talk about fire OS versioning for a second. So the versions of, of fire OS, I will also give Amazon credit in that they do update fire OS really regularly. They are actually, in my opinion, they are better and more on top of issues and updates with fire OS than even Apple. Now they can do it similar to Apple and do it far better than say the Android ecosystem proper because they only have a few devices, right? But to their credit, much like Apple, they will continue updates uh, at least two or three generations of, of devices back. So like this is a 10th generation fire eight. Uh, they, they basically support back to, I want to say to like the eighth generation of that, but even within that there's, you know, even with those generations, there's multiple different uh, product categories. So like you have the plus, you have the non plus versions, you get what I'm saying? So security is really, you know, Amazon does a good job. Uh, certainly better than most of the Android ecosystem here. Uh, and on par, if not better, even or faster than potentially Apple, um, which is important for Amazon to do because one of the main areas that they like to sell, or one of the, the main demographics that they like to sell fire tablets to obviously is young people and, you know, parents, I'm sure, especially, you know, even people who have a, a somewhat better understanding or are a little more tech savvy would like to know that, you know, their kid's device is getting security updates, you know, regularly, and that it's not something that's necessarily obsolete. So they're, they're good about that. 
uh, they, they know their market, right? <laughs> and, and as insidious as it may be, uh, they know it. And at the very least, um, I am glad that these devices are secure because the more secure we all are, well, as I say, the more secure we all are. Um, so let's talk about fire OS overall. Like I said, more or less, it's like Android. Um, it has a search bar at the top, much like Google kind of enforces, unless you're using say lineage OS or something along those lines. Um, the search bar does three things. So you cannot change, and this is really, really key. You cannot change what search engine the search bar uses. It uses Bing. You can change what search engine the built-in browser uses silk. We'll talk about silk in a second, but you can't change what the browser itself uses. Um, so it'll bring up three tabs. There's web, then Amazon, then my stuff. Basically one is a web search. The other is a search on Amazon, the store. And then my stuff is a search through what's on your device and perhaps what's in your Kindle library or on your Amazon video library or even music, whatever in, you know, varying Amazon services. And that's how it works. Functionally, it makes sense. I think having Bing being your only option is preposterous. It's just, just stupid. Um, <laughs> like there's no reason not to be able to switch this around. Um, but I get it. You know, I'm sure that Amazon is using Bing perhaps in their backend for their own, uh, you know, for their own website, for their own store services and so on. Or there's something along those lines going on. Of course, the, you know, the deals between Amazon and Microsoft have been, I mean, that's kind of a long storied past, right? So not terribly surprising, but regardless. Um, now you do also have drop down menus that look exactly like Android, where you have various hot buttons like turning on and off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth or airplane mode, blue shade. It does have just like every other you know, company out there, just like Apple and Google push, you know, it does have the blue light filter, right. And it does it pretty deep too. Got to give them credit on that. Also, um, the screen again, it's not full HD, but it's IPS. It looks good. Um, there's no real, real issue there. And then you get into let's, let's talk about the apps. Okay. So you have the Amazon app store. There are a lot of apps that come pre-installed all related to Amazon's services, like the silk browser, which I mentioned. The Kindle app is automatically installed. Audible is already on there. Uh, there's an email app, which is okay. It's just an email app. You know, I mean, there's nothing necessarily special to talk about uh, with it, but it does, it does the job. Um, there are also, you know, like there's a calculator, there's a calendar app, there's a weather app, you know, the contacts app, all the usual stuff that you expect um, is already built in. One of the interesting things before I talk about the silk browser and before we talk about the app store itself, one of the interesting things is that most, whenever you install the Kindle app on, a, you know, an iOS device or an Android device, or even if you have a Kindle e-reader, like a, like a real e-ink e-reader, um, your, you know, you can upload, uh, PDFs or Mobi files, you know, your own personal books, you can upload them or even email them, uh, you know, to your, to like your Amazon cloud that the Kindle app or Kindle devices can access that are up to 50 megabytes. You can, you know, you can do that whenever it's on, like I said, whenever it's on an e-reader, Android or iOS device, those personal books that you upload, those personal files all work within the app itself for some reason. And I have no idea why this is such a weird UI decision for some reason on a fire tablet, it separates those personal books away from the Kindle app. It has a separate docs 
app where you can download and access those, uh, you know, your own, your personal books. I, I don't, I don't understand what's behind that at all. Like it, it really, it really doesn't make any sense to me why, why they did that. Um, there's no reason not to have it, you know, all in one app. Uh, but for some reason they did that. Now, if you say put, you know, PDF files or whatever else onto, an, uh, say the micro SD card, or if you just transfer them to the onboard storage, uh, on your own, right from your PC or something, uh, you can still use the Kindle app to read PDFs and Mobi files and whatever else EPUBs, different story, but you can still use the app and you can do it through the file manager on it, which one is pre-installed. Um, even though I recommend using a different one, we'll talk about that, but that's just, you know, just an oddity. I don't understand why that's the only odd thing or where it's any different than like when you open the audible app, audible works great. Uh, you know, and it has podcasts built into it, just like the audible app does on iOS as well as on Android. I don't, you know, I, I don't know why there's that difference with the Kindle app. Anyway, let's talk about the other, what might be considered the most important uh, piece of, of software on, or, you know, the most important app on here. And that is the web browser. So it uses the custom silk browser. Uh, it's a web browser clearly based, or it seems to be clearly based on, on, you know, Chromium, um, which would make sense, uh, within, you know, it being Android and Android and Chromium are so inextricably linked, uh, at this, uh, stage, you know, in, in Android's development and the silk browser, here's the thing. It, it works fine. Okay. It, it doesn't have a lot of settings, you know, I mean, there's no add-ons. It doesn't block ads. It doesn't do anything like that. It is more or less the only real web browser that you can install or that is installed and technically available on fire OS. So if you go to the app store and you look for other web browsers, it's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, you know, even iOS does a better job than that, even though really let's be honest, you know, Android actually lets you install web browsers that use different rendering engines besides blink, right? You know, that, that is not the truth with iOS with iOS. You're, you're more or less using skin versions of Safari at all times. Okay. Um, as where Amazon's just like straight up. Nope. This is the browser you use. <laughs> you can get around it. Yes. We'll talk about that, but understand that with, with the silk browser. Again, the silk browser works just fine. Uh, I haven't run into any issues with it. However, and this is something that I, we warned about ever since the silk browser came out years ago. And that is Amazon makes it abundantly clear that they they keep all telemetry, all data, everything you do, let's just call it that everything that you do within the silk web browser gets, you know, is accessible and gets kept by Amazon. So obviously you don't want to use the silk web browser. Um, that's not anything new. We've known about this for a very long time. And Amazon is very open about this fact. So, but, and you'd say, well, that, that makes this a no go. Like I said, there's alternatives, but let's talk about the app store, you know, the Amazon app store, and then we'll get into the alternatives. So the Amazon app store is incredibly limited in what it offers. And even a lot of what it offers that might be more popular apps that you'd be familiar with sometimes have been, you know, basically maybe the company feels like, well, Amazon, you know, drop the ball. Uh, the Amazon app store is not really giving us what we need as far as either, you know, money or whatever the case may be. 
um, or just data that they want to collect, like the user base isn't big enough. And so they just drop development. Maybe they left the app in the app store, but they have completely dropped development. And it's not uncommon to find popular apps that haven't been updated in like three or four years um, in the Amazon app store. So you could say it's not exactly viable, um, you know, to, to use that. I mean, you can install the Amazon app store on Android devices. You know, if you hit the setting where you allow for, uh, you know, uh, third-party installers and unknown apps. And I mean, I don't I'm not exactly sure why you'd want to go that road. Uh, there might be reasons why, if you didn't want to attach an Android device, maybe more simply, to, you know, not attach it to a Google account. Um, but still be able to get audible and Kindle and Plex maybe, and things like this, that could be a reason to have in the Amazon app store. And the Amazon app store, I mean, fortunately Plex is an option there and it's kept updated pretty regularly. There's the chance that some companies might completely change their mind now because of what's happening with the Google play store and with the iOS store or, or with the iOS app store where they would say, well, maybe I will put things on Amazon, but I think, I don't know that that's going to happen because like I said, Amazon will gladly, you know, not allow any of these apps on their devices anyway. So, but here's the thing, you know, that idea of, uh, you know, installing, um, third-party apps as in apps that don't come from the Amazon app store is just as simple to do with a fire tablet as it is with an Android device. And you're going to do that right away because again, there's just a lot of things missing. I mean, yes, the Amazon app store has, it has Facebook, it has Instagram. No, you should not use those. Uh, it has Skype an updated version of Skype at that. It does have the Twitter app. Um, it has Plex. Like I said, uh, it does not have telegram which is interesting. Um, there are, there are quite a few apps that you'd probably think would be no brainers that just aren't there. So, um, what do you do? Well, we have our personal favorite, uh, from sovereign text history, that being F droid. I'll link to it in the show notes, but F droid, no matter what device you're using, if it is a mobile device and Android based should be your best friend and should be your go-to long before the Google play store. Um, F-Droid is a, a separate app repository that, that I've touted the use of for years and, but it's all open source apps or if the app, I mean, it's very clear in what the apps do and will let you know if there are features that could be considered anti-privacy or that might be, you know, in a certain gray area, say when it comes to open source in what it does. Um, I think it's a tremendous, it's only gotten better over the years. Uh, there are tremendous options and basically alternatives for just about anything you could want. Um, and that say Google or even Amazon or even Apple may offer. Um, I mean, there are really, really great options here. And that's really what I did very quickly. Um, I did not put lineage OS on my fire tablet. I went right to installing F -Droid. Um, and also once you, you know, activate allowing for third party apps or, you know, independent apps, you can download independent apps from some app developers, you know, from their own websites. Signal allows for this, uh, for example. Um, I think you can independently get element.io from their website, but you can get that through Fdroid as well. And in fact, like we mentioned earlier, when element got uh, taken down from the play store, they tweeted out pretty quickly. Well, we're going to update our app in, you know, in Fdroid and make sure it's available there. So shows of course the importance of having you know, alternative uh, app repositories for people to access. And Afteroid is certainly the best one. Um, so I, yeah, I went to get Afteroid and, and even, well, for example, like 
Now, an F-Droid actually uh, was the Blockstream was a green wallet that from Blockstream that's available in F-Droid and it's regularly updated uh, to their credit. And that's one of my favorite Bitcoin wallets. But one of the things you can do is you can go right to Mycelium's website and you can download the latest APK and you can pop because there's no Bitcoin wallets. None. There's not Jack's. None of them. There's no Bitcoin wallets in the Amazon app store. Uh, Amazon basically has its own currency within the app store, which not surprising. Um, so yeah, you can imagine they're not allowing for cryptocurrencies, but yeah, I could easily go to Mycelium's website and download the APK from there. And I have Mycelium running on my fire tablet and it runs beautifully as that app always has. So basically outside of, um, say Plex audible, and of course the Kindle app, um, but even that really, once you can put a one terabyte micro SD card in this thing, you know, whatever I get off of, you know, Kindle, I strip the DRM from right away anyway, and keep a private copy DRM free. And I'd much rather use that even on my fire tablet. So even that becomes useless, uh, but audible and Plex. Yeah, those are, those are very handy. Um, certainly there's, you know, zoom and Skype. If you feel like you're ever going to use it for that, I could see where those would be handy, but outside of those apps, uh, and even the email app, I mean, you can do much better on F right. Actually, you can even do better because you can download outlook uh, and don't get, don't, don't get into the, the, the outlook scandal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm well aware of it. You don't have to bring it up. If you, the outlook app is, is actually a fantastic mobile mail app. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's not talking about outlook.com. That's not talking about I mean that I'm doing an email special that'll be coming out shortly. Uh, we'll talk about outlook more on that, but I'm just saying there are much better email clients than what the fire tablet comes with automatically. Um, and we'll get into that with Android uh, as well, but basically the only Amazon apps that I'm really using again are the Plex app and the audible app. That's those are the only two I really care about. I'm not even using the silk browser. Well, how is that possible? So when you get after it, um, you can look up and it's called Fennec. This is the first thing you're going to want to install on this baby. And really, again, these recommendations I'm about to make to you, you may want to do on any Android device that you have, even if you have the play store on it. So the first thing I installed was Fennec. Uh, Fennec is a great option of a web browser for Android devices because it's in the Android store. It's based on Firefox, but they strip all the, all the Mozilla bullshit. Uh, and it does, and it has, but it still works with like add-ons. So you can put uBlock origin on it. You can put, uh, you know, dark reader, all, all these, you know, other, it, it's, it's really, really slick. Fennec is very nice. Um, and, Aside from, I don't know, like the Tor browser that you can put on Android, I mean, Brave, um, I'm certainly recommending as kind of the more middle of the road available anywhere option for people right now. I will be doing a special on the Brave browser upcoming as well to talk about that and my opinion on that. But if you're in the Sovereign Tech Telegram group, you've kind of heard the conversation around that already. Uh, if you want to join that, of course, you can find it in the show notes for any episode um, of sovereign tech. Anyway, Fennec is a fantastic web browser um, and it resolves the issue with the silk browser. 
Now you could be saying that, well, Amazon's probably collecting all the telemetry from the fire tablet anyway. You know, once you're in Amazon's clutches, what the fuck does it matter? Well, again, you don't make it easy for them. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's be abundantly clear that, um, you know, if you have the Google play store on anything, they're doing the same goddamn thing. And so is Apple. Okay. That's why I said, if you want actual security and privacy, like the real deal, you're not going to use a mobile device at all. Doesn't matter what company there is no company. I mean, yeah, you could talk about, you know, the Linux phone or Fairphone. Uh, well, no, not even Fairphone uses Android. You can talk about Linux phones and stuff like that. Okay. That's getting into a different category and you can have that conversation. But as far as what's, you know, available quickly and, you know, you're not going to crowdfund and will actually show up on your door in a reasonable time or show up at your door in a reason at a reasonable time. Um, no, <laughs> there, there, there isn't an option. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, Libra phone, Libram phone. Great. These things are great. I'm glad that they're out there. Okay. But, and I'm not knocking them at all. I'm just saying that as far as, you know, there's no mobile device that's hot and ready that, you know, it's going to really serve your purposes uh, unless, yeah, I mean, you could put like, you could get into Copperhead and some other more secure, some hardened, uh, Android alternatives and, you know, pop them on a, um, a pixel phone. Right. So anyway, that said, all that said, uh, yeah, throw Fennec on there. And look, even if you're not, even if you're thinking that, you know, the idea that, well, Amazon's seeing everything anyway, at least you get to block the fucking ads on this thing. Cause I mean, it, oh, Mobile web browsing with ads is just, a, I mean, it's impossible, it, really. <laughs> so, and you know that as well as I do, I'm sure. Anyway, um, so as far as other apps, so the Fennec uh, web browser, I install that right away. Um, other apps, there is a FOSS version of the Telegram app that's, you know, a, a couple weeks behind on Telegram features often enough um, that that's available in the Afteroid uh you know, app repository. So you can get, get that and you can use telegram. Um, there is open keychain and canine mail. Open keychain is the best implementation of open PGP. I just out there. It's just the best. Okay. A dark Android standard and like best because it's the fucking easiest implementation of it as well. And you can instantly connect it with canine mail, the email client. All this is right in Android and you can pop it onto your, onto your fire tablet. Um, element is now element.io is on, is on Afteroid and it's a safe place to grab it from. So that's something else that you can get from there. The Briar app. Uh, I think the Briar app actually gets updated on Afteroid faster than it gets update, updated in the play store, probably because Google puts it through the fucking ringer. Uh, and probably because Google is sweating just how secure the Briar app is. I love the Briar app. You know, if you were to say to me, I, I mentioned earlier that we would talk about, you know, what is, what do you mean getting your past signal? What, what the fuck, what does that look like? The Briar app in my, for me is one of those things that is, that does it better than signal and is beyond signal for multiple reasons. I've already reviewed the Briar app multiple times over the years since it was in beta. I've talked about it, how good it is. Um, but just the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's networking through, uh, you know, it's, it's sending data through Tor and that it can work without a data connection and can just use Wi-Fi direct and Bluetooth and whatever, you know, options you have available, uh, puts it a cut above the Briar app should be the fucking standard. Uh, I'll say it here. I'm how hot journalists are and media outlets are right now for a signal. I find to be bothersome. It is strange. 
And I think, and, and, and look, I've never, I've never said that telegram was somehow like more secure than signal. Those words have never escaped my lips. Never. Even when I was, you know, really, really pro telegram years ago, and I still am pro telegram. I have, you know, I've never said that it was better than signal. Never, ever, 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 never said that, that it was more secure. Should I say than signal? I have said for years and years, telegram is an alternative to social media. It is not something, I mean, maybe if you use secret chat, but even then it is not something because they, they botched how secret chats were being stored on phones a few years ago. Uh, I mean, they fixed that, but regardless, if your life counted on it, you're not going to use telegram. Also, if your life counted on it, you're not going to use a fucking mobile, mobile device, you know, to, to communicate. Okay. That opinion has never changed, has not changed on sovereign tech. I recommend telegram because everything, in fact, I, I was amazed or, you know, because of the feature set, right. And because it it's run by an anarchist and it's a genuine alternative, um, you know, to, to the social media bullshit. Uh, I was amazed because Pavel Duroff got interviewed like in wired and wired seemed to be, I, I felt like it was a hit piece against telegram and everybody really great security researchers too, that I think are good people. We're just complaining saying, well, it doesn't do end to end encryption by default. So it's not as good as signal. And I love what Pavel Durov responded with. He said, look, you know, just because you're too lazy to hit secret chat, I'm not going to kill a bunch of very useful features, um, you know, on telegram just because people are too lazy. And I was like, holy shit. He called them lazy. He's not wrong. <laughs> they are. I mean, I agree. Yes, it should be on by default. Okay. But for what telegram is to be used for, I understand why it's not. So one of the, the point of saying all this, one of the cuts above of signal is the Briar app. I am shocked though. Really not surprised, I guess, but I find it here. Let me put it this way. I find it suspect that Briar has not come up in any conversation. I don't know why. The only thing I can think of why is because it actually delivers on what it's talking about, you know, on, on this whole idea of like more secure messaging and so on. And I mean, it really goes a distance. And I am also sure that I, I would imagine media outlets don't like the fact that, oh fuck, there's an app that doesn't have to connect to the internet where information can be spread, you know, with, without access to us. Yeah, I bet that bothers people. And I mean, I talked about the Briar app. Fuck, that was uh, earlier. That was the first COVID-19 episode that I did back in, what was that, like in March of, of 2020. So not new. That's not new for Sovereign Tech. I've been saying for a very long time, this is the app for people to get excited about, but no one wants to do it because, oh, it doesn't have a desktop client. Oh, it doesn't have this. It doesn't, you know, whatever. I get it. Okay. But if you're, <laughs> I don't know, I'm sweating. It, it, it is odd just how hot and I mean, and excited and how much signals getting pushed right now. It's weird. And I think it's more than just, you know, media outlets wanting to rip on Facebook because of what's going on with WhatsApp. I, it's more than that. And oh yes, I am loving the fact that Apple and Facebook are eating each other. Good, good. You know, may, may both companies tank. Um, anyway, so Briar app is available here, uh, which is nice. Um, 
There are some other ones you can get. Uh, let's see. There's, well, if you happen to be into this, if you like me basically have, uh, you know, the 21st century pager, which is, you know, a, 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 like a, a quasi Fitbit. Um, I wear the Mi Band 5 and I use it basically as a pager. I just want to get notifications from it so I don't have to look at a screen or carry my phone around everywhere. Um, you have Gadget Bridge, which is really great for that because it can communicate with, um, you know, with a fitness tracker without having an account, right? We want to get rid of accounts. We've talked about this. That's a good thing. Um, so there's that. The Yubi, uh, the Yubi Key, the Yubico Authenticator that works with Yubi Keys. Uh, is available in the Afteroid store or app repository. And I was kind of surprised. This is not something I was, ex I expected it to be able to do, but I downloaded the, you know, YubiKey app and I popped in my USB-C, you know, my, my UB, uh, UB5C. I plopped it into the fire tablet and boom, suddenly there were all my one-time pins and everything. It was, it was <laughs> I was amazed. So that's certainly an option here um, as well. Uh, for podcasts, you can get AntennaPod which is really nice. Um, that, I mean, that just does the job. That's a, that's a standard as far as any like open source operating systems go, or, or like if you're using lineage OS, basically if you're with Afteroid, I think it's about the best thing available there. Podcast addict is in the Amazon app store. If you're into that. So just something to keep in mind, um, for audiobooks, as an in independent audiobooks, independent of audible, um, there is audio anchor in the Afteroid, uh, repository that works really well. YouTube. So this is kind of famous uh, or infamous, an infamous situation. Google pulled YouTube from the Amazon app store and from Amazon devices overall. So you can access YouTube, of course, via the web browser, not a bad move. You can do that. Um, and there's even like this weird app called youtube.com in the Amazon app store that you can download, which is basically just uh, a browser skin for, for YouTube. Um, but in the Afteroid, uh, app repository, there's, there's an app called SkyTube, which is a really, really nice, regularly updated. I mean, it's still just not skin. I should say a wrapper it's as in W R A P P E R it's, it's a, you know, website wrapper, but it's a, it's a nice one it has a lot of nice little features. So SkyTube is worth looking into, um, that more or less covers what I use. I mean, another option to get more apps on there, if they don't require the play store or specific play store services from Google, you can go to APK mirror, the website, APK mirror, and you can download apps from there. For example, with Synology, um, I can down, I can install the note app, um, from APK mirror DS note for my Synology NAS. And that works really well. If you're using a Nextcloud NAS, there are great apps for Nextcloud in the Afteroid uh, app repository. Even Nextcloud Talk, there's a Nextcloud Note app, which is fantastic. Uh, it really does a great job. The chat app for Synology Chat for those NAS, that that is not, like I tried installing the APK Mirror version of that on here and it didn't fly. Um, again, you can put the Google Play Store on here with a little bit of effort. It's not that hard. Um, and then you have all those apps, you know, to use from the Google play store, but also I like, and it's one of the reasons that I got an iOS device is I like having a device that doesn't have anything Google on it at all. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that, uh, <laughs> for, for varying reasons, 
particularly because like my Google account, I mean, I could have a separate Google account. Sure. But my Google account, um, you know, I just, I don't want to see the emails. I don't want any notifications from that because it's just, yeah. Anyway, it's annoying. So, uh, speaking of that, there are uh, map app options. In fact, Amazon has a map app on this of all things. They're using here maps. They're basically using a skin version of here maps, which here maps is fine. Um, but you could also put awesome and from the Android store on here if you wanted to do that. And if you have a large SD card, you could put, uh, you know, I mean, you, you could put the whole world full of offline maps, you know, on your fire tablet. And it's a great, you know, device for travel at that point. Right. The only problem is, is that awesome. And has had a problem and it's had this problem for years. Address search sucks, sucks. And I don't know why, and I don't know when they're ever going to get around to improving it, but here maps does work pretty well on it. Also, I've already tested it and I mean, it, it does the job. So, so that's, that's available here also. Now, as far as watching uh, videos, VLC is in F-Droid. It's all you need. You know how that goes. Hell, even just to listen to MP3 files and everything else. It's great for that too, right? Um, you could even do audiobooks with it. Just might not save your space as well. And the bookmark feature is always a little, little, little clunky in my opinion, but I love VLC so much. Instant install. Um, for reading books, uh, I put on KO Reader. This is a regularly updated EPUB and it, it can do a lot of different formats. It can do PDFs as well. It has a great night mode. Um, I put KO Reader on here. And then for comic books, I'm actually using a much older app called bubble, but with comic books, because the screen size is, you know, it's an eight inch as far as screen, that's plenty big for me to read everything. I don't need a bunch of weird features. So I don't mind using an app that maybe hasn't been updated in a couple of years in F-Droid, like bubble. Uh, you can get, was it CD display or whatever that, I mean, it's a classic, uh, one of the oldest comic book, uh, reader software, you know, apps ever, ever made. Um, that is in the Amazon app store. You have to pay for it. Uh, but that gets regularly updated in the Amazon app store. I'm guessing they know that other people want to do the same thing that I did with it. So that's available, but really bubble does the job for me. You know, I mean, it, it, cause it doesn't, it really doesn't have to do anything too tricky. Now here's the last bit of, of uh, apps that you're going to install from F droid that I recommend. There's plenty more you can get into, but these are what I recommend. There is a, uh, it's actually a development group. I don't think it's just one person. And these are available in the play store as well. Um, there it's just called simple and they they have a bunch of alternatives to like, there's simple gallery, simple calendar, simple file manager, uh, simple notes. These apps are awesome. I've been using them for years. Uh, I've even like written short stories in the simple notes app. It's that good. Uh, and these are all in the F-Droid store because they're completely open source, totally free. And the file manager is awesome. The gallery app is awesome. The calendar app is awesome. The notes app, like I said, is dynamite. Uh, they have a whole series of basically app alternative, open source app alternatives to whatever, you know, your manufacturer puts on there. Um, and I recommend these on any Android device, especially because they're in the F-Droid store, but they're phenomenal. So you're going to want to put these on because the file manager app particularly is really great at accessing the SD card and the internal memory better than the files app that comes stock on the fire tablet. Uh, 
And it also like, it's very easy to open up other apps based upon the file. Like something I found is that basically I find myself opening content on the fire tablet using the simple file manager instead of opening actual apps. Um, and just, you know, opening it when I click on what I, what I want to consume. And then just, you know, it gives me the options. I don't set any defaults, even though you could, it gives you the options of what apps you want to use. And I find myself doing it that way, going through the file manager more so, but that's partly because of what I want this device for. It is about consuming, you know, media files. It is not so much about like, you know, being more productivity or anything like that. So going at it with a file-based approach makes more sense than an app-based approach. But admittedly, it's fun to, you know, take in those files, but then at the same time, I can send out PGP encrypted email, (laughs) right? (laughs) Which is, uh, which is kind of fun. Um, or at least, you know, in, in concept, I I wouldn't do it regularly, uh, for varying reasons, but in concept, it's certainly a nice feature. So yeah, the fire tablet plus F droid, that's when things get interesting. Again, it can also be a fairly inexpensive lineage OS device if you want to go that road. But, um, you know, to get, to make sure you're getting the latest, because here's the thing, the lineage OS build for it is an unofficial build. It's not maintained by the community. And I always sweat when there isn't a real community behind something because, you know, that means security updates might not be commonplace, whatever. And, you know, I'd much rather leave that, I guess, to Amazon than, you know, a a lone developer. And that's no disrespect to the lone developer. Um, this is a problem I have with, with varying software. There's Linux distros where I have the same issue. I don't like that. It's just like one or two people, even though one or two people can do amazing things. I'm not denying that, but to be on top of, you know, security exploits and everything else, you got to have a, you got to have a real team, um, on that. When, when it's an entire operating system, in my opinion, that matters. Um, so Anyway, you, you can do pretty amazing things. Like I said, you can even get a Bitcoin wallet on there. Uh, there's all kinds of options. Really, you could put Signal on there if you wanted to do that. But like I said, consider Briar. Much, much more interesting uh, prospect for reasons that I laid out. So, yeah, I think this this device does the job. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just brilliant how fucking inexpensive this thing is and how much you can do with it. Uh, and really, the, the quality overall that you're getting. Uh, Like I said, it really, I mean, yeah, it's not a full HD screen. You could spend 20, you know, 25 to 50 bucks more, I guess, to get the HD 10. And then you'd have full HD if that really matters to you. Uh, But there's plenty of power on this thing. And it just, I mean, because also the HD 10, I think, has an octa-core processor. I mean, you know, that's that's fairly premium for 150 bucks. You know, you could go there, but. I mean, if you're considering like, gee, you know, I really would like an iPad. No, I I would say consider this beforehand. If you're looking for that tablet, if you're looking for that separate device that doesn't maybe have any of your workflow on it and where you can just kind of relax with it or whatever, take a good hard look at fire tablets. Um, Especially, I mean, if you're looking to go cheap, I mean, 50 bucks, come on. You can't complain about any lack of feature on that thing. And it already has plenty. I mean, and it has plenty not lacking. Uh, you know, when it only costs $50, fuck. So I'm surprised at just how good of a device this is. Um, and again, it, it's really, it's really, you know, hitting a, a market sweet spot that I don't think any other company 
that also puts out OS updates and security patches, uh, you know, is, is on, is, is on with, uh, and is, and is looking at. So I, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm glad it exists. <laughs> Normally I'd say, what the fuck? Why bother? No, I'm, I'm really actually very glad that this exists. Uh, so anyway, maybe you want to add it to your, uh, arsenal as it were of, uh, you know, peaceful electronic devices. And I don't think I need to go much further with this, but you know, c- could it be uh, more of a dark Android device? Yeah. You could get into the lineage OS thing and, and kind of go there. Um, and it'd be fun to experiment with. And if you're a developer, it might be fun to develop with. I could see you going that distance. So it could fit in with dark Android, but it really fits in with dark Android in that it is a way of separating, uh, you know, your, perhaps your media consumption from devices like say that run tails or something a little more secure where media consumption, which, you know, you need to relax and have a good time. Sometimes it might not do the best job of that. Well, here's something that could, you know, kind of connect you a little more to the conventional world. Uh, anyway, you know, there's, there's plenty of options really that you can do through the web browser as well. Like I could, you know, any Synology, anything that Synology, you know, doesn't run on this, I could connect to my NAS through the web browser and then it's not an issue. Uh, you know, so there's options as far as that goes, plenty of options to, to look at. So there's a lot of fun to have here. And I, this episode has gone longer than I expected already. So I'm going to wrap this one up, but we have plenty more conversations to get into in upcoming episodes um, and plenty more supplementals where it's going to be, you know, kind of one topic shows kind of like this, even though this was a review. Uh, In fact, do you want me to give it a score out of 10? Frankly, I give this thing a, a solid seven, which is double just about what I'd give any iPad. So take that for what you will, uh, you know, the only reason, I mean, it could even be an eight, uh, hell I'd give it a nine if it was, you know, if it wasn't Amazon, uh, you know, basically behind the driver's seat on it, but yeah, it's, it's that good. So anyway, check it out and uh, I will wrap this up and like I said, more specials, um, as well as, well, we have sovereign tech, uh, main or prime episodes as we used to call them, uh, to come up soon as well. I will see all of you woo, on the other side.